got a lot to say about the world I occupy every day. But when I say what's on my mind, I find I piss people off. You're listening to What the Folk, real talk and raw tunes for revelationary times. I'm Joy Damiani. And I'm Sarah Baranowskis. And on this episode, our guests are the hilarious Katie Frame and Marie Cecile Anderson, who make up the musical comedy duo known as Reformed Whores. We started to get a little bit lost in the middle of our career when we started trying to do what other people, we thought what other people wanted us to do. And if that ain't a lesson in life, then I don't know what is, right? The Reformed Whores have headlined comedy clubs and toured the country opening for the likes of Weird Al Yankovic and Les Claypool from Primus. They have over a million hits on their YouTube channel and their sophomore record Don't Beat Around the Bush debuted in the top 20 iTunes comedy chart. You can also tune into their comedy podcast, Difficult Women. But first, if you have been wondering how you can possibly let us know that you love us as much as we love you, you can just go over to the five-star rating button on iTunes and you can go over to the review box and tell us with your words how much you love us and how much your friends love us and share us with your friends. And you can do all those great things um, without even us asking you for money which we're going to do soon, uh, that is something that we're going to get around to eventually. So take advantage of our procrastination and sit back, get into the mood with this tune that I love from our guests, Reformed Whores. This song is called Girls Poop 2. There seems to be a common misconception around the subject of ladies wrecked Say the girls don't defecate But we're here to tell you that that ain't true Girls do indeed go number two Yup, you heard us right, girls poop too Girls poop too This message is long overdue Whoever said we don't ain't got a clue Girls poop too Don't be scared, it's natural, ain't taboo A fact's a fact, it's true that girls poop On friends, some just sneak away to unload. But one way or another, brother, a girl has gotta drop that mother, cause Lord knows if she didn't, she'd explode. Girls poop too, we hate to break the news to you, but that in there ain't no chocolate fondue. Girls poop too, we cook up a mean poop stew, and a bag bag, it's true, the girls poop. It's true. 
Is your hair green, Katie? Yeah, what's I happening? It's like a rainbow. I love colors. it. I did it it's yesterday. Like, is that a fill? It, it's awesome. You just casually hopped on with rainbow hair and didn't say like I didn't a thing tell anybody. About it. I just did it. No, just I thought it was a filter. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, no, just the hair. That's awesome. Just natural. Not really, obviously natural. <laughs> it's real? <laughs> the you could as a carpet match the drapes? Did you do the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, uh, Katie. I'm <laughs> <laughs> with a mermaid. It's beautiful. We need some rainbow vajazzles happening as well. Out of, yeah, out of the pandemic. It's like, <laughs> who knows? Who knows what's down there? Who knows? <laughs> Seriously, it's all of our secret or not. Yeah. Our choice. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Sarah. Sarah, this is Marie and Katie. <laughs> and we're in all four time zones, apparently. This is the first time we've ever covered all four time zones with one interview. Yeah. Wow. Spanning wow. Colorado. Spanning oh, coast yes. to coast. <laughs> wow. Oh, cool. We live in the future. Yeah. Seriously. The future is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Just> except <laughs> full of except the virus. apocalypse. Let me out. Let me out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's amazing and terrifying. Speaking of which, so how's how's your apocalypse going? Let's get I mean, let's get straight into the deep and weird because it is the apocalypse. <laughs> well, Marie had a big change. Do you want to start? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, okay. I broke up with the guy I was dating for like ever. I got a new job and then I moved uh after 15 years of being in Brooklyn in the same apartment. Too, which I know is very strange for New York to be in the same place for so long. I uh, sold all of my belongings and that and the things I couldn't sell, I just left. <laughs> um, <laughs> or Katie took. <laughs> yeah. And I moved from Brooklyn to Nashville. So I, I found a cute little Hobbit house. Uh, <laughs> it's my first one bedroom. I'm living alone in East Nashville. First time living alone. I've always had, you know, tons of roommates. So yeah, I mean... Nashville. <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah. I, I've been to East Nashville. It's really a very musician friendly zone. And I mean, if you're and you're already doing like country, country with a capital cunt type music. <laughs> That's <Yes>. right. <laughs> That's well, congratulations. Thank That's, you. That's Huge. Yeah, it was a big ripping off the, the Band-Aid because I'd been thinking about it a little bit, you know, through the years, but it took the pandemic. I just, it, for me personally, it was um, it was the time to, to leave. And then there may be a time to come back. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. I think that that's the, at least with my pandemic. And I think every single person I talk to can relate. Is that like, if anything, this pandemic has taught us like nobody knows the future. You have to just yeah. embrace every single day. Just yeah. YOLO. YOLO. Yeah. Or, or what my father likes to say, who has Alzheimer's, Jello. Jello. <laughs> so great. Everything That's his new is Jell-O. tagline. That's so Jello. Good. It's my favorite saying. Oh, I love it. So I feel like it's been a beautiful lesson. So we'll see. Check in with me, you know, next week. But I feel like I'm in a good, good, really good place. Oh, well, I miss we'll Katie, though. <laughs> permission to roller coaster. Yeah, you. So the two of you have been together for I I know I met you almost what, almost 10 years ago now, I think. 
So how, and you had been working for quite a while before that, I, I think. How long have you been working together? Well, we've been together for, now we're going on 11 years. So it wasn't too long. Okay. I, I think we met you early on in our starting, but we, that's a weird thing with people because they always think that we knew each other before the band, but we didn't. <laughs> we like met at a party and then the next week we were like, let's start a band. And then that was it. So the band is That's as perfect. old as our friendship. <laughs> we celebrated our 10 year anniversary during the pandemic being in two different so states, sad. which was oh, sad because we were going to try to do a huge, big show at the party. Bell House. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but Katie, I want what tell them about your pandemic experience because you've been very oh, inspired. I, mean, I think similarly to a lot of people like in Marie, in, in some ways, similar to Marie's case, th- everything has changed. You know what I mean? Everything. <laughs> it just having this pause in your life to uh, rethink like what's going on and what you want and what, what's where, where I, where's my ass? Where's my elbow? I don't know. I think this is one of them. But like, um. <laughs> I was living with a bunch of wonderful girls uh, in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and um, was, you know, the the band was doing the band, the podcast was doing well and all that, but we both still had like sort of side hustles to kind of make ends meet. And all of my side hustles ended at the same time. It was mostly like, catering. I worked at the Children's Museum doing parties, which was great, but it was still like a very like, you know, you know, week to week kind of job. Um, and then as luck would have it, I mean, so pandemic started, everything ended, all my jobs ended. And then um, I had sort of simultaneously gotten uh, hooked up with this company that shoots uh, real footage for actors and I started DPing and editing for them. So my life has sort of fully shifted to behind the camera um, instead of in front of the camera. And that's been cool. So since the pandemic, I've shot, oh God, maybe two or three short films, a music video, um, a pilot. Uh, I have another short film this weekend and then another music video next week and then another sketch probably next week at some point too. And then I work for this company. So um, it's been such a, so it's been, my pandemic has been great. <laughs> it's been great. I was able to like save awesome. money and then move out of my apartment. Now I'm also in a one bedroom and I'm just like up the block. So I'm in still in Bushwick, Brooklyn, but um, yeah, it's been crazy. Wow. And then we're still able, and because of, you know, technology, we're still doing the podcast every week. Um, the band, we're planning to record our third album. Katie's coming to Nashville in a month. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. So it's all working out. You know, we're very lucky. Yes. I know, so I know not everybody's experience was as positive as of course, but. And I feel like the pandemic brought us closer in a way. Like I didn't think that it could, that could be possible because we've toured all over and, you know, lived in this tiny room in Edinburgh together. But I think because of the distance, like just being able to like check in and, we both were go. I mean, everybody was going through it, you know, it was just mm-hmm. really, really, really hard. And so I just think that it was just so great to have each other, you know. And I think yeah. for sure. And I also think pre-pandemic, one of the things a lot of people have experienced and now we're, as we're re-entering society, there's a big question mark over a lot of people's heads. But I think one of the things a lot of the people experienced, I know we were on this boat too, is just this sort of like, you're kind of just going you're going at this crazy, especially in New York, you know, like you're just going at this crazy pace and you don't even stop and think about what you're doing. You're just doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's this, um, to be able to now have a year of like reflection and then hopefully step back in with a more like 
conscious mind. Yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting for, for us as like a band, but I think also like humanity in general. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, I think it speaks, I think it speaks a lot to your creative chemistry, the both of you, the way that you've been able to continue to work together and, and want to continue to work together, that 10 years didn't burn you out on each other. That's actually kind of amazing. I think having seen plenty of bands, <laughs> there's a reason I play solo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think duos, like most duos break up. <laughs> Yeah. And in some ways the pandemic hit at a perfect time because I think we were both getting, like we were getting tired, I think just generally with, with every aspect of our lives. And so to have this sort of shakeup, I think has actually been really good for us too, because it's given us more like, Oh, let's get back and do some more things. Yeah. And you know, also you, I mean, you've, you've both acquired some awesome new skills of, of course, in the course of this, like, the whole upheaval. I'm. I mean, I relate. Sarah also. We we actually started our creative collaboration also without really knowing each other as well, and mm-hmm. have been doing it from two different time zones the whole time. Um, and so yeah, it's a very it's a whole new sphere that we're working in. Now we're jumping into coming back to like real life and how are how are we going to assimilate now that we're all empowered and as the reformed horse, how (laughs) are you planning to, um, you know, emerge from this period of growth and transformation and like continue to take the world by storm? (laughs) I mean, mean, if we could get $1,000 question. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we do talk about, um, you know, we (laughs) working on our third album, is really important just because it's been songs that we've had for the last two years that haven't been recorded. And a lot of people have seen them live, but they can't find them on Spotify or anything. And so a lot of requests for them, but we were joking like that. This album cover should be like us, like rising from the ashes is like <laughs> the Phoenix or something. Cause it does feel, we'll probably go for a different sound of course. And then, um, but I mean, as far as, you know, okay. <laughs> we haven't beat the patriarchy yet. So we still have to like keep fighting that. Um, I don't know what our, I don't know. I mean, we always want, I think now more than ever, we want to do like huge shows, like, you know, as long as everybody's vaccinated, but it'd be so cool to do like, away from each other. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But it'd be really rad to like pair up with somebody and be a big opener for like an arena tour or something, you know, I mean, big dream, 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 big, but no more like sleeping on couches or anything like that on tour. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. We did it. We We almost got bed bugs. We all, yeah. No, we don't want that. Yeah. You've been breaking, breaking all the balls. Uh, yeah, all your own balls uh, for all these years. Um, yeah, but I did I can... think about new costumes. Um, cool, oh, great. Because yeah. I was like, "What are we gonna we wear? Gotta, we gotta save our <laughs> I money, got that though." COVID fifteen, though, I gotta. I know. Let them out a little. <laughs> well, there's the there's um these. Well, we've talked about these, but just getting like custom made like suits or something, and like yeah. Katie would get like unicorns and rainbows, and I would just get like marijuana leaves or something. <laughs> yeah. Like the nudie suits. Nudie suits are are here in Nashville, and this man makes them and custom makes them, and he's actually for only $150 you can get custom nudie suit uh masks so I think I'll start with oh, that wow. for, for us 
<laughs> oh my god. It's a very oh, nice, nice little Orville pack tribute. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I love yeah. We'll just do that from now on. I love him. <laughs> you should open for Orville Pack. That would I've be that's that's fucking that's amazing. <laughs> I've messaged him and I've like commented of like before, we should open for you. <laughs> oh awesome. Let's I, manifest that. <laughs> We're powerful Maybe manifestors. Good. So <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah, we manifest shit like a motherfucker on this podcast. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> we manifested We're both of better. our new living situations as well. We're both <gasps> also living on our own for the first time yeah. in our own spaces. Oh my god. Mode. I've got my unicorn den fairy cave going on. <laughs> nice. My, hip, my hippie hobble. Yeah, I moved in on Friday and <gasps> yeah, I am consciously uncoupled, I guess would be the word with my partner of about 10 years. So wow. I'm on my own right now for the first time. Congratulations. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is exciting. So I can definitely relate to that. Like, oh, wow, my life is like totally different than it was at the beginning of this pandemic. Yeah. I just think that's such a beautiful thing too. Cause I think change, or at least I was telling this to myself, um, and my therapist, when I started therapy this summer, which has been, uh, and Katie encouraged me and other people and it's just been amazing. So I highly recommend it. Um, but, uh, I forgot my thought. Well, I swear I have brain frog from the vaccine. I shouldn't be saying this cause it's probably not true, but I have been so loopy this last week <laughs> since I got my shot. Anyway, that's oh. just a weird uh, conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's just, the 5G kicking in. Don't worry. I've been like Googling brain fog and I'm like, did I have COVID and I didn't know it and now I can't use my brain. But I think it's just normal. I think I probably just smoked too much pot. No, nothing um, cures brain fog like adrenochrome. Uh, <laughs> I remember now. <laughs> but just that how much, how much, cha- how change is good and that fear, uh, you just doesn't, you cannot have like your ego playing into any of your decisions and fear, like if it scares you, then you should just actually lean into it. So, oh my God, that's you know? been the theme of my like last week, month, year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leaning into fear. It really is because it's, it's. I think leaning into fear is actually a form of self love because mm-hmm. when we are when we back away from fear and from like what are people going to think and what's going to happen, then we actually are trapping ourselves in a situation that we are clearly trying to break out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, in, in addition to that, like one, like a, an analogy that I think about a lot, cause I, I roller skate and I do some like park skating. So when you're like about to drop in or do a trick or so, or even with like skate dance stuff that you do, you have to be committed. You have to like, and you feel the fear. It's like you feel that saying, I feel the fear and do it anyway. But it's like, if you feel the fear and you do it half-assed, that's when you fall. And then you say, see, I should never have done this. See, this was a mistake. But it's like, no, no, it's because you weren't fully committed, you know? So I think that, like, that's the other thing. And then the other option, right, like, if you don't, if you feel the fear and you don't do it, then you're just a person sitting and watching on the sidelines. And that's not, Mm. like, why we are here on this earth. We're not here to watch other people do stuff. We're here to, like, you know, Mm. grow and take part in our lives, you know? Exactly. That's the juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have that song in my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of juiciness, um, I love I love all of your fucking songs. And the first one that I heard was "Girls Poop Too," and 
it, I was just like, oh, finally. Like, and I think Garfunkel and Oates had also just kind of gotten a little, had gotten known around that time or had, maybe they already had been and I was late. Pfft, fuck knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just like, oh my God, I love this sort of trend that's starting of women writing cute songs about shit nobody wants to hear mm-hmm. and because um, I was like writing menstruation songs and and then I heard that I was like oh yay and um, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know a little bit because I don't think we really ever talked about it like your you know your creation story how did your how did your original you know reformed whore venus rise from the foam (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was around a table of bacon wrapped scallops that the band was formed (laughs) it's true an appetizer tray (laughs) we always joke that like our success together like it, we wouldn't have been so successful if we hadn't had the common like love of food <laughs> and just like when we travel we find the the best restaurants and we you know there's no there's no even compromise it's just like we we go to the best and we have the best time and almost miss shows because we're having a good time <laughs> eating and drinking and talking together We've and that's never what happened about where to eat ever never never, never. <laughs> It's always like half the battle. That's yeah. impressive, I would say, for two years of touring or 10 years of touring together. Oh, ne- yeah, never with food. It was awesome. Yeah. And Katie Katie was just always game for it. Like, yeah, we Hollywood. went to Charleston. I'm like, eat gator. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to eat what's, what is yeah. the place is famous for. You right. Know? But we met That's at a great. friend's birthday party and we, we sat around eating and laughing. And then by the end of it, we said we should start a band and, then we and that's it. literally it I mean and then like I was like I'm coming over this week I mean I really and I remember like rolling my accordion over to Marie's house being like this is so crazy like I don't know this person she doesn't know me I seem insane I'm like really showing up at her place but no it worked out great and then we just started I don't know talk about fear you know what I mean like oh yeah start it and we just do it yeah, it's beautiful the way you do. I mean, the way the the two of you like lean into all of your energy when you perform is like, I don't know, like I always really appreciate a badass performance because I'm always trying to be a badass performer and I'm always trying to like, you know, just we we have like an energy feedback loop that we create, mm-hmm. you know, that we try to like, especially as an audience member, you want to like just give as much of your energy as you're receiving from the the stage and like the way that you both show up with all of this, you know, leave nothing on the table energy is it like, it feels so comfortable as like somebody watching that like you no. can just relax and have fun because you're mm-hmm. having fun. Yeah. Fun is like the cap. That is the name of the game. I think especially cause we, one thing about our band is that we have performed in almost mostly performed in more conservative towns. Mm-hmm. Um, and the audiences vary. There's sometimes people that are, I mean, there we've performed for some pretty conservative people uh, in our time. And I think that part of one of the ways of like continuing to keep our message exactly what we want it to be and still perform for people that may or may not agree with what we're saying is to make it fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is to say like, look, here's a, here's a point of view I'm not saying you have to agree with it when you leave the comedy space or whatever, but 
just enjoy it while we're performing it, you know, and the, the mm. curmudgeon, when we didn't, we don't get too many curmudgeon audience members and every so often you'll get someone that's like, I don't really agree with you, but you girls are great. And you're like, great, great. You know, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, some men have really gotten angry at the girls poop do song. <laughs> get oh some women, some women get, get very, why are you yeah. telling them that? Yeah. Are you I revealing our you. secrets? Yeah. <laughs> right. I hear you. Yeah. I've, I've had been heckled during my menstruation song by men. Um, and as women usually sing along, but men, men will heckle and, it's always so interesting the way that you see them respond to anger when you're having fun and you're like, oh, wow, mm -hmm. this is comedy's power to, you know, mm -hmm. come in and take something that actually does make people angry and make it something that people can laugh at. And um, like, so when you were coming up with your name and like, what were like, okay, two part question. How did you come up with your name and what was the first song you wrote together? Because I feel like these are mm. important pieces of your puzzle. Hmm. The name is an easy story. It's not very exciting, but uh, my roommate <laughs> at the time, who's lovely, uh, she's an actress, Bridget Gentleman, look her up. Um, she had a, like a Spotify playlist that was called Reformed Whores. And I don't know where she had heard it or came up with it or whatever, how it came to her. But I was like, she, we were sharing playlists and I was like, oh. and we were at the time we had just started meeting up to rehearse and we were looking for a name. And I, you know, again, I didn't know Marie super well at that point. And I was like, I think this is a great name, but I don't know if this is going to be too much for her. <laughs> so I was really nervous. And I was like, what do you think about this name? And she was like, that's perfect. And then that was it. I was like, we, was like no other things to talk about. Like, All right. I can actually see that reaction in my mind's eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love our band name. We get, a, we, you know, of course, like, you know, there's some pushback, especially for like network stuff. But like just reclaiming, everyone's been called a whore. Everyone has whored themselves out for something sexually, you know, professionally, you know. So like, exactly. and I like that it's like, it's almost like how, like you, you bring to the table what that word means to you or, or you know, the phrase means to you. It's a reflection mm -hmm. on what is going on in your brain. And so it's not, it, you know. It's like a mood ring. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, a Rorschach test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it really, it, either people love it or they just hate the name Reformed Horse. Which is Everyone has an opinion. Everyone has an opinion about it, though. Nobody mm -hmm. doesn't have an opinion. So that's right. kind of a good thing, too, just to get, get it going. Yeah. yeah, it sticks in the sticks in the brain. I I was Sarah and I were talking about it um, before you jumped on because um, another group I want to have on the podcast is called Tart Parlor. They do poetry and they do readings and um, that benefit the sex worker community. And I mean, it just makes me think about how performance is. You know, we are we are selling our bodies to people like they're ah. giving us money and we're right. giving them our bodies and mm -hmm. our brains as well. We're like, take my brain and my soul while you're at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. Like uh, the work that we're doing is voluntary. The work that they're doing is maybe less voluntary or differently voluntary and is less respected. Um, and, but it's, it really is all the same. You know, when I was in the army, I was like, um, I'm definitely sold my body to the government here mm -hmm. and I might not mm -hmm. ever get it back. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, so I love that you, I love that you, 
you know, engage with people's opinions. Yeah. 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 Um, to answer the song question, um, I remember, so Katie came over that first day and I played her birth control that I had written months ago and then, uh, uh, give it up hand jobs for Lent that I had written a long time ago. And my mom found on the internet and told me how disappointed she was in me. And then, so I played those two songs for Katie and then she literally like, it was like great rehearsal. And then she leaves. And then the next week she comes over and she's like, so I just like worked on this little ditty (laughs) fucking drunk dial. (laughs) And she like, she like plays this thing. And then she was like, I think it'd be fun if we like do like drunk, drunk, you know, voice messages or something, improvs or whatever. I was like super into improv at the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that, but that for me was just like such a cool experience of like, this is kind of, cause we had no idea where the band, like when we met, it was just like, let's just start a band and sing stuff. And it just immediately was comedy because that's what we, we love. Right. I mean, that's the other thing is it wasn't like we were like, we're going to start a comedy band. We were just like, we're going to start a band and we're going to just do stuff. And it was like, what came out of us happened to be in alignment. So that yeah. was also just really lucky. Yeah. And the first time we played Drunk Dial, like the freaking roof of the venue almost like blew off because the audience was losing it. It was just but that you know, we didn't know if it was going to do well or not. Uh, yeah. Talk about know? fear. It was so scary. But so yeah. scary. I was yeah. sitting. There's a video of us playing it maybe the first time. And I was even sitting down because I was so nervous to stand. Like yeah. we were so nervous we when we first started. While, yeah. We sat on stools for a long time. <laughs> And then towards the end, I mean, towards, you know, last year or the year before, not last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, we like stand up and dance and like, you know, it's just yeah. really amazing. Literally like, you know, from standing to, to I mean, from sitting to standing, <laughs> the fear, the fear went away. So kind of. Hell yeah, that's amazing. And that song is absolutely hilarious. We're going to find that video and link to it from the show page if you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, that, and I think it's a great example of like the, the way your style is so that the way that you say like, this is just what's coming out. Like that's exactly how it feels like mm-hmm. your whole, when you think about things and you, and you, sort of filter them through your brain in a way that makes them funny for you, then that's kind of how it's coming out. And like, it's so the way that you have fun with your songs comes through so well on stage that I really hope this freaking pandemic ends yeah. soon so you can get back out there. <laughs> um, but the, that, so, but then the other, you know, actually, wait, I, Sarah hasn't had a chance to say anything because I've been so excited <laughs> to follow all your No, thoughts. it's great. And I keep thinking of I'm questions and then they, yeah, let me think of, I had a question a little bit ago. I'm just kind of interested <laughs> in like, I think you kind of already answered this, but sort of, it seemed like the name and the song sort of informed this persona and these characters that you kind of step into. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious in hearing about that creative process. And I mean, it seems like it happened so organically if there's maybe not you know, much of a conscious story to tell, but I'm always really interested in that kind of origin story and backstory, especially when you're going out there and performing as like kind of a character that you're stepping into. Yeah. I mean, that's, it was very organic, but it also became like difficult to like Mm -hmm. parse out because especially as when we were starting to like pitch television show ideas to networks and like things like that, people started to be like, well, who are these girls? I'm like, well, 
it's like, I mean, it's just like us, but it's not us, but we're just on stage. So on stage, it was easy to kind of just be whatever, you know, it just sort of developed organically. But then when it was starting to be like a narrative thing, it was like, well, who are these people? Mm -hmm. So we really like, there was a lot there. And I don't even know if we ever answered that question. (laughs) (laughs) So, and there's just been this rolling, like trying to find it. And then there was times where like, it's not working. And then there's times like, oh, it is working. And um, I think that sometimes in my mind, the way that it worked the best was when we were just like doing what we felt we wanted to do versus doing what we felt like the networks wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing about trying to stay, you know, staying true to yourself. And I was going to say that about the comedy thing too. It's like, I find that like, if you really think something's funny, like really think something's funny, chances are somebody else is going to think it's funny too. Mm-hmm. So you're probably in pretty, you know, sometimes it doesn't always work out quite like that, but generally I would say, and I think it's sort of the same thing with that, with the character stuff. I don't know. I, I think that, the more we started to get a little bit lost in the middle of our career when we started trying to do what other people we thought what other people wanted us to do. And if that ain't a lesson in life, then I don't know what is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a hell of a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> you don't learn it till you learn it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some people never do. I mean, that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like also when we do go back on the road, more than ever, I think we'll be, I think we're so grounded in who we are now and and possibly like what what we want to say. It's very, very important to not polarize people at this point, or at least, you know, there's a lot, it's, you know, we all know, <laughs> but we don't want to be the cause of, we want to bring people together if more than ever, I think. And that's actually been a weird thing too, right? Because like in the 10 years that we've been a band, the world has changed so much that we, you kind of have to grow with it because, you know, some of the, we do have some songs that like, we're like, we're not going to do that one anymore. (laughs) It's just like not really PC anymore. I don't, I won't apologize for it because I don't think we ever did anything that was like really inappropriate, but like, um, there's just certain things we won't do on stage anymore because it's like, you know, unless we wanted to have a conversation after the show, like a Q&A or something. Bring it in. Yeah. yeah. Are we canceled? Time and a place. <laughs> yeah. And that affects also like what you write about moving forward too, right? You know, like we had this crazy, the other thing is the news cycle is so freaking fast now. It also makes it hard to write because you're like, well, if I wrote a song about this, it's like over in one second. So um, that's like, well, we're going to, it's going to be an interesting, like, it's like the Phoenix, like what Maria was saying about the Phoenix thing about like rising and, and trying to just stay really, really true to ourselves. And yeah, I'd be curious also to see how this, you know, manifests itself. It'll be exciting. For some reason, when you said the Phoenix rising the ashes, I'm thinking you should do like a heavy metal themed cover. Oh, like, you know, just oh one of those God. really like crazy, oh. like Iron Maiden style. With like dry ice and fog and mist and like a bat. Could you have like one of those bat? <laughs> I don't know if that's like our aesthetic, but I can because I can see but all like that, pink. and then it's like, yeah, exactly. With like, hey, like, yeah, like a pink bat rising, <laughs> a pink bat. Like a oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> totally. You know, throw, throw a folk squirrel loop with it. We'll call it Reformed Horse Saves the World. <laughs> that's our third <laughs> album. 
Yeah. And welcome world. We need ourselves, our yeah. inner world. Yeah. <laughs> it really is though what you're what you're saying about being true to yourself. Like that is, I feel like what this pandemic is bringing out of all of us who will let it is like mm-hmm. our true selves. Because all the trappings, all the bullshit, it's all falling away. We're all in our living rooms, like trying to not die. And mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it it feels a lot like deployment felt to me, as I've said mm. to many people, like it feels like now the rest of the country gets it. You know, we mm-hmm. we fought the terrorists abroad and at home. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the interesting thing is that now everyone is kind of together in this sense of being like stripped of all the bullshit. And what's left is like what's really there and like what we're creating can't help but be authentic because that's all we've got left Mm -hmm. in a way. So I like the way that you're talking about leaning into it is I think that's that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast because what we're trying to talk about here is the real shit that you need to do to like deal with these times that we're in right now Mm -hmm. and we can't just be focused on like our careers and what people think I mean we want to be able to survive Mm -hmm. you know make a living and like be valued for what we do but at the same time it's like what does that mean these days does it Mm -hmm. mean the same thing as it ever did Mm -hmm. so I honestly don't think that there's and I don't think that there's at least from my perspective I don't think we know yet what's, what, what's going to come out, you know, I think that there's a lot of really cool stuff that's going to potentially come out of this. And I do think it's possible that more and more these big, um, like the corporations that run like the networks and the, and the record labels, I mean, we're seeing it already, but like, they're starting to lose power over entertainment and art and whatever, because even things like TikTok, like people are getting famous from YouTube and TikTok, like they're not going through a network. They're not going, they're mm-hmm. going through YouTube, they're going through TikTok, but they're not going through like NBC or CBS or the, mm-hmm. some of those things. And they're posting what they want to post. And mm-hmm. if they get canceled, it's because they said something they shouldn't have said. You know what I mean? It's not, they're not getting canceled um, because the network is like, I don't like this show anymore. I'm going to turn it off, you know? Yeah. So I think that like, there's just more power to the people kind of coming in that, in that respect. Also, I will say from my my kind of movement doing more like filming stuff and like I'm really enjoying making things for other people but also one of my plans with all this is making my own projects because like I'm Mm kind of over it like I'm kind of over the gatekeepers I'm kind of over you know the Harvey Weinsteins telling people Mm. what should or shouldn't be made it's like that guy that guy is the guy that was like making you know making it so you either like had a career or didn't it's like that is not Mm-hmm. sustainable nor am I interested in participating in that anymore really mm-hmm. right and why should you like why should anybody be interested in participating in that why should we let people like that run the world that we live in when we have the capacity to run it ourselves mm-hmm. totally yeah we, we're making our own albums we're releasing our own videos you know you're f- producing your own content yeah mm-hmm. and we don't we don't need some some douchebag in a suit and tie telling us that it's not good enough for his chosen demographic right so <laughs> that's great that, that like i mean what if you what, what would your like ideal 
let's envision. (laughs) All right. So what are we manifesting for your like empire, your reformed horror empire? If you could, if you could run the world, if you could like snap your band fingers and like write the song to feel the world. No, (laughs) No, but if you could really see, um, you know, a kind of, a kind of, future of performance and like how we take up space and who gets to, um, to dictate or, you know, not who gets to be in that space. What would that look like to you? I kind of say one thing, it kind of to me looks like what early YouTube was like. Oh, Remember back that. in the day, not selling mm-hmm. old yeah. lady. In like Oh five. <laughs> sure. Yeah. When like, when we came out with the, um, the Rush Limbaugh I'm a slut song mm. at that time it was fully merit-based mm. it was like if somebody yeah. saw it and they liked it it got our thing got posted on Huffington Post and that's why it like really started to pick up steam and like that felt empowering mm-hmm. mm. and yeah, now it's that. like there's been you know there's these these companies are sticking their dumb fingers in this thing and then they kind of control who gets to see what the algorithm the Mm, algorithm all that stuff and but in for me i think like the perfect art world would be like merit-based where it's like Mm. if people like you then you do well (laughs) it's not because Mm. your mom had a you know has an in with the like production guy you know it's because like you make good stuff people see it and then you you know they want to see it. And if you're not good, sorry, keep working at it, you know, keep it up. And even if you're not good, keep doing it anyway, because it's still like, you don't have to do it just for consumerism either. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Do it for you. That's what I'd say. What would you say, Marie? Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in on that. Oh no, that's such a great, I mean, well, I was thinking more of like, yeah, um, how, how, where we want to lean when we re-enter the world with our band and obviously you know, merit base and stuff, but, um, yeah, I mean, for us, we would actually for, just like to oh, be famous and just famous. <laughs> like uh, world. Yeah, exactly. That was for other but, people. For us. Yeah. <laughs> well, one, one really cool thing though, that has happened with us is yes. So we have our band reform tours, but then also we have our podcast difficult women and it's just been so educational for the both of us and all the research that we've learned through, through history of what has happened through for, for women's experience from like, you know, Mary Magdalene from the Bible and how like white men have, or yeah, well, I'm assuming white men, but back in the Bible days, it was probably men, not white I mean, men, just men, 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 men controlling the narrative. And that's just happened through history. So, um, just kind of that it has opened up our audience some more, I think like with, with just, you know, leaning into more taking this like education. And I think all of our music has always educated the masses. Um, But I think it'd be really cool. And I hope that everybody comes along with this ride that we go on, but like do kind of a hybrid of difficult women reform tours and really educate and, and, and empower. I think that that's just like always been the most important thing to us to, to, you know, why, you know, we wrote the Rush Limbaugh song. Katie calls me, you know, I'm a slut. I'm a slut. And I'm like, you bitch. Like, what are you, why are you calling yourself a slut? You know, she's singing this like song on the side, screaming this song. We got to film this so thing. Sad. You know, it's just like, but just like how it's almost like, you know, 
back then too, I think it, it was almost like, um, just using your child, child imagination kind of thing and just having no limits and th- you know, and I think that that would just be so exciting to, to just be proud, be proud women and make other people proud <laughs> to, to be, to be women, to, you know, to be, to identify as a woman or to love a woman or whatever. I just think that it's really a special thing to empower a person and, and to preach equality because that really is what we all want, especially now, I think. Yeah. 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 You saying that too also like makes me more, not that I wasn't excited before, but even more excited because I feel like the other thing that happens, I think creatively for people that are working a lot on their creative stuff is creative burnout. Yeah. And like, yeah. we've definitely gone through phases of creative burnout. And so to have a full year where we did write one song, which was hard because it was, but we did it, but we did a Christmas song remotely, like fully oh, right. from Nashville and Brooklyn and we made a video and everything. And that's pretty great. But, um, but to really have a little bit of a break, you know what I mean? Like a real break so that we can kind of really t- take stock in like what happens next, I think is a really good for the creative mind too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to work on cycle. things, yeah, and to work on things separately. Yeah, we've both been writing. Um, Marie just finished her first feature film. <gasps> oh, writing it, yes, Marie. and I'm I'm writing a little one too. But oh, but Marie, oh, just did little it. films here, just a little yeah. movie. Yeah, it's been writing has saved us both. I think like it's just been, you know, coming. I think the very beginning of the pandemic, I think for most people is just, I couldn't create. I was just so depressed. Too many people had passed and it was just awful. But then like all of a sudden, you know, a couple months ago, I was like, if I get out of this pandemic and I haven't written my movie that I've been trying to write for two years, like, come on. (laughs) So yeah. So I got in a class and they've held me accountable. Now Katie's taking the class. It's just I'm really, really, really excited. And I love, I've been watching so many movies. That's been a really huge part of my pandemic is just like studying filmmaking, studying directors I really respect, um, really leaning into and finding like female directors because there's still just not that many of them. Um, But female filmmakers, you know, there's not many camera people. But for my movie, I really, I mean, there's going to be multiple drafts. I've just finished the first draft, but um, I really, really want to make it because I do think it's an important story, but I also really want to make it with Katie and I want her to direct it. And I think that, you know, we're, we're such a good team, even if it's not reformed tours, I'm, I'm just so excited and and grateful that like to, to, for what is to come, no matter what, you know, that looks like. Yeah. I'm excited for all your future collaborations too. Yeah. I think it's like the the um what you're saying is really resonating with me because you know I just got added to this group on Facebook called Bookmore Women, which is like the local affiliate of like the larger Bookmore Women group, which mm. um Sarah might not know about, but it's essentially, you know women um, and non-binary people in the music scene who are just trying to lift each other up and work together. And, you know, I try, I tried to do that with my boob Dylan show. I wrote all these parodies of Bob Dylan songs and was like, we're going to have it be all women playing them. And so, you know, and it was great. It was a great opportunity for me to get to know like 13 other women in my local scene and put on a show together and then like continue to be in touch with each other and work together. Mm-hmm. And so when you're like 
creating film productions and you're like working together, you're naturally going to be working with other people who Mm -hmm. are, you know, probably women, probably women who are like completely inspired and awed by you and not threatened or intimidated Mm -hmm. by your badassery, you know? So yeah. It's great that you're on that path. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're also, speaking of women, we're also uh, putting, as we're putting this album together, one of our priorities is to get as many female musicians and producers and things on board because that's also like, because we know mm-hmm. that that's an area where women are sort of overlooked and we were like, oh, wait a minute, we should practice what we preach and hire more women for our, and the truth is we don't know that many yet. Like we're still meeting people. We will learn, we will meet a bunch, I'm sure. And and the men that have been on, on our albums and have produced our albums are amazing, wonderful, incredible people. And we're so grateful and want, like so delighted to have had them on our projects. But it'd be nice to to put a little more vagina in the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I mean, I had to work, look pretty hard to find um, I, cause I wanted to have my album that I just released produced by no, no cis male people at all. And I only had one dude in the whole, on the whole album. And I was very like super stoked on it, but I had to try it. I was like, mm-hmm. who's the mm-hmm. one woman who does the mastering in mm-hmm. all of Colorado and like, right. yeah. who is like the one woman who, or the, or the one or non-binary person I ended up working with a really awesome um, non-binary um, engineer who did a fab, fantastic job. And I can connect you with some people now. Oh, cool. Yeah, for sure. We would totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's it a cool a thing. Effort. You can ha- work with people all over because of technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sarah, I didn't mean to um, once again get all excited and like <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. out of the no. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is like half on in unpacked boxes. So <laughs> I'm just happily listening and loving. Yeah. Just feeling really inspired by hearing about both of your creative process and how well you work together and how, you know, this idea of like lifting other people up, I think is so important, especially now, just even for practical reasons, like we're all trying to make a living. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just like excited to hear about, you know, building those connections and seeing, you know, how, where your project can go from here. And, building more of them so um that makes me very hopeful so yeah I guess what question I always like asking folks I feel like it's really easy to give into despair right now is what makes you hopeful right now what is something that's making you hopeful that you're seeing whether it's like in the art that you're doing or the folks that you know in real life well uh we're now in the age of Aquarius (laughs) the yeah. age of change. So, really like, knows I've been talking about this for so long. Um, I'm an Aquarius, so I'm fucking stoked for it. So. Yeah, when it, and the time period is—it's about like change, you know, like real like change, more like moving toward, um, you know, more women-driven society and stuff. And I will say that, like, I know that there's so many horrifying things that are happening all over our country, all over the world, that you can see that there's a lot of, um, you know, tumultuous times ahead of us and and happening right now. And I think that, again, since we've been talking about fear, it just keeps coming up. But, like, the 
part of what this is caused by is the actual change that is happening. Like the world is changing and there's people that don't want it to change and they're going to resist and there's going to be like a lot of pushback. And that's, I think what we're experiencing now. So it's like that thing where it's horrifying and it's terrifying and we have to keep fighting for everyone's rights and all those things. But also there's a part of me that goes, this is just, it's the, it's just the storm before the calm. Like you just have to have this, tumultuousness happening before you can actually have like peace. You know, you got to weed out all the like nonsense before you can find peace. So I think to me, this crazy time represents um, the, 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 the prologue of amazing things to come. It's a good attitude, Katie. I, you know, you got to have like it. That. Otherwise you want to like oh. just cry every day. You know, it's like, yeah. cry. No, I'm, I'm on the same page. Sometimes I'm like trying to take the long view and kind of zoom out and be like, okay, maybe these are like the growing pains. Like you have to go through shit in your life to learn. Maybe this mm-hmm. is like humanity's like, we had to do this shit to learn what not to do to each other and the planet. That's my hope. That's what I'm manifesting, at least. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. I hope that we all stay. um, I mean, I think this great pause has been really good, and I hope that I'm hopeful that. I mean, I'm speaking to myself, but like, just remember what really, truly got me through this time. And for me, it was nature. It was like I went and hiked some of the Appalachian Trail with my aunt. It's been my family. Like, just. But I mean, and for me, it wasn't career for this time to like get through. Now I'm like, okay, it's fucking on. Like I'm ready to get back there. I got a new agent. I've been auditioning. And also I just don't care anymore. So that's an exciting, like Mm -hmm. nothing matters. Really nothing really matters except like yourself, like love yourself and like make sure, you know, to take care of yourself. And I think that's all that we can hope for is to really care for yourself and for your neighbors. And also that's, a, that's not like a, that's not even anybody going like there, but we have to fight and whatever. And we should, we have to fight for all the things that we need, mm-hmm. but honest to God, the only way we really can get to where we want to be, where people love each other is when people love themselves. Mm-hmm. People that cause all this anger and hate, they do not love themselves. Mm-hmm. If they stopped and worked on themselves, they would not. They'd put down their guns. They'd put down their angry Facebook posts. And they would just be like, you know what? I'm I'm good. I'm good with me. And I'm going to let you be you. Mm-hmm. So that it's a really, it, Marie is right that like, you know, the one of the most important things we can do is just take care of ourselves. Get your own and apartment. Live by yourself. Yeah. Oh my God. It is amazing. You guys. Cut, yeah. Cut that dead suck. weight. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't suck. No. Uh, for those who can't, and you know what, and I do want to say, like, it really is, it's it's an important thing to be able to, to, to have, like, the time and space to care for ourselves and to mm-hmm. acknowledge how, like, one thing, another thing the pandemic is showing us is how this system is actively trying to keep us from caring for ourselves. 100%. Like, it is yeah. systemically saying, like, no, you need to go sit working at a job to make money for that guy's fifth yacht. Um, yeah. Eat this McDonald's while you're doing it because you can't afford yeah. anything else. Yeah. Exactly. And, like, the, like, when you go back to the root cause of everyone's inability to love themselves right now in this time it it really comes back to you know capitalism and all of Mm -hmm. the control that we're dealing with 
that keeps us having to struggle to make music that people want to hear mm. and like beat the algorithm to get songs out that people really actually want to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like and I think you also make a great point about like there's a young woman that works with me who she's very young and she came to me the other day and she was like, can I ask you for some advice? And I said, sure. And she said, how do I like her mother is sick right now. So she's kind of having to cover expenses for her mother and she can't work. She's working all these jobs. She has a, she has, she's trying to maintain a relationship with someone who she loves Mm -hmm. and she feels really spread thin. And she was like, how do I do this? And I was like, I don't know. Like, you know, you just, you, you have to make the the best decisions you can in terms of like, if something, if you, if if at that point, especially, and I think a lot of us have had these moments, if something is holding you back on any level, then you cut that thing out, you know, Mm -hmm. and you, and reach out to people too. I was happy that she had said something to me about it. Cause I was like, if I can find a better job for you, cause she's working in a place that's like, doesn't pay that much and whatever. I was like, if I can help, that's her other job, but if I can help Mm -hmm. find something for you, like that's good too. reach out to people, see what people can do because she's a person that probably has a lot of creative energy that she doesn't have time to do anything with it. Yeah. You know, and that's not fair either. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. not, that's like you're exactly what you're saying about the, the capitalist sort of s- system. It's like, that's also part of my vision too. And our vision is that like, for, you know, forget that stuff. We can't, you know, we, we've got to find a better way. And of course mm-hmm. she can't just not go to work. She has to do what she has to do to feed her, feed her family. But what is, what is a better way? You know, I also am hopeful that America just recognizes the arts and artists that keep right. our souls alive Yeah, because other countries, all these artist grants that have kept them going and stuff. And I know that some of my musician friends have been lucky to get some loans and things, but like it is this country just, you know, mm-hmm. people view art as a hobby and it's not, I think that we just need to normalize it so much more than it is and get it yeah. back in the schools. And I mean, the funding that stuff is just so sad that that the arts is the first to go and it I just think it's so so important especially going forward for mental health and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah it's what we've all relied on during this yeah. pandemic yeah mm-hmm. yeah like it's what we all do and what have we done during this pandemic we haven't just taken in entertainment we have all created things like TikTok is a thing because everybody is creative and YouTube mm-hmm. is a thing because everyone is creative and we're all expressing all the time. And, you know, like Katie, what you're saying about like merit based, um, you know, arts, it's it is it's like it's it's also just giving people a chance to express themselves, whether they're good or not, just because yeah. like they should because the world's a better place when we're all expressing ourselves. Yeah. Everybody should make stuff if they want to make stuff, you know, and they shouldn't mm-hmm. feel that was another something I saw on Instagram or something that was like, we need to start like normalizing projects that, you know, make a project that has you have no intention of getting views for it, you know? Mm. Cause that is one thing that I do feel bad for this like TikTok generation is that like the people that I know that are like really actively trying to do stuff on TikTok they're not, it's, they're not making art, they're making content. And mm-hmm. sometimes that content comes with like a lot of really, sh- I just got a fish. And so now I'm becoming like a fish person. And there's so much content on TikTok where people are torturing fish. And it's like, what is that about? 
You know, wow. they're like buying all the betas and then like releasing them into like a pond and then they get eaten immediately. I mean, it's just like oh, fish murder like happening. And it's just, but, but, but the idea of that is that like people Dark are so side. desperate, but people are so desperate for attention, for the money, for the content. That is not art. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That is not mm-hmm. like the direction we need to go in. We need to be mm-hmm. going in a place where it's like, what what speaks, to, what is like a project that speaks to you in a real way? I don't think it's murdering your goldfish. I really don't think that that's right. it. Yeah, that's such a capitalist yeah. way to approach, quote unquote, I'm saying quote unquote creativity because I feel like that isn't, I mean, not to be a gatekeeper myself, but that's not, you know, that's not really like an authentic creative process if you feel like you're, doing it well like you were you were saying earlier about feeling like you know the moments that were hard for y'all were when you were trying to think of well what am I doing to please other people with the project right Mm. so how we can kind of normalize that um anti-capitalist kind of artistic model you know Mm -hmm. it's another big future vision for me at least personally Mm -hmm. yeah bring back the old youtube man Uh. And when you said that, I immediately oh, was man. like, yeah, my first two videos, like, I just, like, half at, like, I was, like, the first one, I just, like, got drunk with my housemate and we're like, let's draw pictures of what you do instead of having a baby. <laughs> like, draw pictures of whatever. And, like, and then, and then try not to be a dick was the second one. And it was just sort of, like, the internet was free and open and, like, everybody mm-hmm. saw it. And then, and nowadays, when we do look at how many views and how many likes it's super demoralizing because mm-hmm. like that's not what we should be doing it for <laughs> mm-hmm. right well we've really um facebook has really fucked us from, uh, with the name reform tours like we mm-hmm. can't whenever we tour we can't pay for um promotions we can't pay for shows um any kind of advertisements because they flagged mm-hmm. us because for selling sex mm. So, which, which is, first of all, there's nothing wrong with that. And second of all, right, we're right. not there's, doing, that's not what we're doing. We're not right, doing that. Right. <laughs> we're it's absolutely a, not. Yeah. Two sides of fucked up right there. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's yeah. also that, it's also that thing of it's like, okay, here are the rules of capitalism. You have to be able to advertise. So you have to follow these rules. And then you're like, okay, fine, fine. We'll follow the rules. And they're like, no, actually, but you can't, but you're mm-hmm. not allowed to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, right. well, then Same. what is that about? Yeah. yeah, I always, um, I work on a lot of drug policy reform. That's one of my big projects. And I always oh, think wow. about like, like folks that are drug dealers, like they're just being capitalists. Like you've given people these options. Yes. They are literally yes. following the options right. and you're punishing us. Yeah. <laughs> like supply and demand. Do you like it or do you not decide? Right. I mean, it's the same thing about sex work. It, there, yeah. there is so much demand for it. And so just, and so what should happen is just protect bodies and make it legal and mm-hmm. decriminalize it because all it is doing is hurting people. That's yeah. all it is. And the people that are buying the sex are not getting in trouble. Right. All. Ever. Ever. And, and, <laughs> and in fact, the, there you know, by create by making it illegal, by making sex work illegal, just like by making certain drugs illegal, you know, and criminalizing the people who use them, it's um, you know, it's sickening every every aspect of society. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just think about the fact that you know, if sex work is legal and drugs are legal, and people are able to just be and do what they are and do then you can actually get into the real connectivity 
piece of life and you can mm-hmm. really, you can you can promote your reformed horrors ads and sex workers can promote their ads right on the same platform right and everybody wins yeah but we have to have control and it Generally, it comes from religion, but we, have, we don't have to go there. Unfortunately, we're doing that episode tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we'll have we're a recording. Also, yeah. before we get to, unfortunately, we have to, we have to oh, yeah. go shortly, but I do want to congratulate you both on your 100th um, episode of Difficult Women. Yay! Which um, is super yeah. exciting. Hooray. We're yeah. as, as a new baby pod, we're like super excited for other baby pods yeah <laughs> and awesome. uh, and i hope all our listeners all our dozens of our or what the folk fam um <laughs> checks out difficult women and yeah. we believe our family will grow we think they're folking like rabbits <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> i did love it <laughs> 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 Um, but but we would love to have you on again another time and we can talk about religion and and go way down the fucking leg rabbit hole. I would love to nerd more about history too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear more about drug reform. Sweet. We'll have to definitely definitely do a part two. So awesome. And this will be our 25th episode. So we're like, you know. Yay. Yay! You're almost there. Yeah. Oh, I just yes, yeah. this is our twenty fifth. Hooray! Yeah. So awesome. Well, on that note, I yeah, I have to go get ready for my my last live stream as my old self tonight. Mm. And, oh yeah, uh, kind of it's kind of sub, a substitute album release party because I I couldn't release the album with a show, of right. course. So. Mm-hmm. Um, transformations all around by tomorrow um, everyone in the internet will know me by the same name as everyone on the podcast knows me very cool well congratulations yeah hey so thank you for being here to celebrate all of our um all of our momentous synchronistic transformations yeah (laughs) awesome (laughs) where do people find you when they want to follow you voraciously and tell all their friends on and oh sorry no you're better at this you know <laughs> well we're ba- we're bad at the podcast but uh our band reform tours we're at reform tours on instagram and twitter uh youtubes all that yep. and then we got a difficult, website yeah reformtours.com mm-hmm. we have merchandise mm-hmm. i was just remembered i remember that today i'm like oh yeah we have merch we have cups <laughs> you can get a coffee mug <laughs> Um, and then our, our, yeah, our podcast is available everywhere. So it's difficult women podcast. And I believe our Instagram is difficult women pod. And we try to post clever things on there that empower you. Um, yeah, I think that's it. And I'm Marie Marica on, on uh, Instagram and Katie is Katie frame. Yep. Katie with the Y K T Y. Fantastic. <laughs> Well, it's wonderful to see both of your faces. Me I can't too. wait to hear your new album. Me too. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank once you so uh, we're all vaccinated, maybe we'll run into each other on the road. Hell yeah. Other badass women. Yes. yes. That sounds awesome. Uh-huh. I'll yeah. meet you in the middle somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see you in Cincinnati. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, take great care and we'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.
Every morning at 10 in the morning, my cell phone rings. Every morning at 10 in the morning, my cell phone sings. Time to take my birth control. Time to take my birth control. Cause I love you, baby, but I don't want you, baby. So I'll take my birth control. I know you make a really great dad, but you're probably really, really mad. If I didn't take my birth control, yeah, didn't take my birth control. Cause you love my baby, but you don't want my baby. So I'll take my birth control. I know the pill makes me fat With the baby I'm twice as fat So I always take my birth control Yeah, I always take my birth control Cause I love my body baby It'd be bigger with the baby So I always take my birth control completion that's happening right now and that's why we're having a lot of transformation happening i think it was katie that talked about um sort of you know one of the things she's hopeful about is about you know the whole age of aquarius and us i enjoyed our whole kind of like imagining what a positive future might look like because i don't think we give ourselves space to do that a lot of the time or we think it's like silly or trite but i don't really think it is because if you don't bring a positive vision of what you want to the table. Um, you know, I think like that can be re- like that, that positive vision can be really um, inspiring and fulfilling. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, like you shared with me that uh, podcast by Jessa Reed, where she talks about, you know, how if you want something, you have to talk about want it. You have to talk about it. You have to bring the thing you want into being instead of the thing you don't want. And if you can continue to talk about the things you don't want, then those are the things you're probably going to manifest. That made a lot of sense to me because, like, of course, our brains our brains can't tell when the difference between want and don't want. All they can tell is that we're focusing on something. Yeah. Like, her analogy is, like, you're ordering off the menu and you keep saying the same thing so the way he was bringing you the thing that like you are saying that you want even if you're saying you don't want it so yeah right life it's like the the key words of life and yeah it makes it easy I think it, it really is more um edifying I don't know it feels it feels gooder it just feels like warmer fuzzier betterer um, is to envision better shit rather than get bogged down in bad shit. And I'm saying that out loud for myself because I know that historically I have 
really like honed in on where the problem areas are. And yeah, that is like its own kind of strength maybe, but I would love to see myself better at folk, get better at focusing on what it is that we're creating and how it's already happening in life, right. you know, the universe and the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> life, the universe, and everything, 42. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of getting, well, today I feel this way, ask me tomorrow. Like, I'm getting, trying to get a good sense of balance between trying to keep a foot in what's happening now and not looking away and holding space for it, but also giving myself that space to envision utopia because I think it's important that we um, do that visioning work and don't just, you know, constantly order off the same menu of bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And like we were talking about with um, Serena Chopra as well, when we're envisioning this, you know, utopia, we're envisioning as like a constantly moving future, right? We're we're envisioning potential, which is always changing. And, you know, I loved what Marie was saying about, you know, trying to embody the phoenix rising from the ashes, because that's what we're all in a constant state of doing, right? In a sense. And this pandemic is bringing it out of a lot of us hardcore. I know. Yeah, it was really interesting doing that podcast last week, too, because... Like, I had just moved, and you were doing the name change show that night, and it felt like this, we just went went through some pretty major life changes. Yeah. It was, like, the perfect podcast to do to also kind of be in resonance with um, where Katie and Marie are in their lives as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've been a fan of them for a long time since I I just stumbled on one of their videos and was like, oh, I do this kind of thing too and reached out to them and they were just like, yeah, let's, you know, let's connect. And it like, I just immediately was drawn to the way they are so like present and so um, they're just kind of like, open channels for their art (laughs) in a way I don't know it's hard to describe um but I I really appreciate when artists are very clearly like letting whatever it is that's real in them come out through what they're creating yeah well it also just like their story of how they met and how they started working together um when I say effortless, I'm not meaning to imply that they don't work their asses off, but there's it's just kind of cool how the synergy happened with their story, and it just kind of, I don't know, I feel like this project has kind of been that way in some ways. Like, it just seems like it has its own kind of momentum, and we seem to work together really well. And Yeah, I'm really happy that Marie and Katie were able to join us because I find them a constant inspiration. and this whole pandemic has brought to me the importance of inspiring each other. Yeah. And I'm glad that even with the weirdness and not being able to be in person with a lot of people, like the tools that are available right now, again, getting back to that technology thing, it's like, I mean, 
when you don't have anything to compare it to, I'm thinking of like, like what did people do in the Spanish flu? <laughs> you know, like they had a lot of sex, and I think they got in a lot of fights. Probably. There was also a world war happening at that time, I think, or it had oh, just yeah. ended. I think it may have just. Ended. There were a lot of traumatized veterans around. Yeah. So things have always been shitty, I guess. Is the <laughs> yeah, it's just different flavors of shit, I guess. Like what what particles are in your shit, but at the at least, <laughs> um, you know, it is compostable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 1918. It ended in 1918. So, yeah, that would have been right before that flu started, I think. So, yeah, war, famine, plague, and pestilence. Pretty common. Pretty common horsemen just abounding for the last... Um, they've just been roaming, roaming the, the plains of history for the last few centuries. <laughs> Maybe the apocalypse is when that shit stops happening. Maybe we've been thinking about it all wrong. When the horsemen stop. Yeah, maybe the apocalypse... I mean, I wasn't going to say exactly that. I do like that theory. I was going to say the... um, The the anomaly is not now, that's for sure. Nothing's new. I think it's new. Maybe that's our mistake, is thinking that any of this is is new ever it's and you know just like all of our various guests have referred to is you know we're all kind of echoes of a different uh of a different time in different ways we're all kind of picking up someone else's story where it left off in a way yeah totally or like well I mean it's just I think we as much as we criticize Americans on this podcast our fellow Americans our fellow Americans for, like, having a memory hole when it comes to history. We kind of are guilty of it, too. I feel like it's, like, maybe it's just, like, a human thing, like, recency bias or something. You just forget literally everything that's happened. I mean, in a way, it maybe is necessary so that we, like, give a shit about anything that we're doing in life and we don't just find ways to just sit and, you know, meditate all day and eat when we have to. Um, you know, we would not be that productive that way and the capitalists could not profit off of us. We would still want to make art and music, though, I believe. Because yeah. those things are fun and lovely and at our core, we all want to um, survive and thrive. And, you know, especially girls just want to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so yeah. sorry. I I'm please just like slam my wrist through the screen right now. <laughs> You're fine. I'm just like um, I'm feeling like I'm not very brain inspired right now for some reason. <laughs> I just quoted Cindy Lauper. I don't. I have that record on vinyl, and that's reminding me that the next stage of getting my shit set up here is getting a record player. So do it. Do it. I highly recommend. Yeah. We did a good job splitting up this stuff and it was very drama free and like but that was Josh's record player and he loves vinyl, so I was like, fair enough. You you can take the record player. So. I just am impressed by how um 
how every how smoothly you both operated everything. I mean, I not impressed in that I couldn't have done it. And just more impressed in that, like, I'm bummed that I didn't get to uh, experience that kind of consideration. Yeah. Well, Josh is a really good dude. And yeah, on yeah. so many levels, a good dude, not an abusive dick. So. Right. Exactly. And um, so anyway, on that note, here's to the good dudes of the world and the conscious uncouplings of the world that make everyone happier and cozier in their new transition spaces. Yeah. And I guess if there's anything I've taken from this experience, I know I haven't talked about a lot in the pod, but maybe I will at some point. Josh and I have even talked about sitting down and talking about it is like you don't. It's a different in a case of someone's being, like, a shit to you and, like, abusing you and you need to get the fuck out of there. But if you just are in a mutual relationship with somebody and you realize that maybe it's just not working anymore, like, it doesn't have to be ugly and dramatic and you don't need a reason to make someone into a villain. And you can be totally cool. And I have to say I almost feel closer to Josh now than I did when we were, like, in a relationship together because, like, seeing... Like, going through something like that with somebody and having to have some real conversations and having to, like, help each other, like, split and go your separate ways after being together for 10 years. That's, like, you really get to know what kind of person you're dealing with when that shit happens. And so I would recommend conscious uncoupling if it makes sense for your relationship. And you shouldn't have to feel like, you know, you you need an excuse to wait till things get really shitty if it's not working. Exactly. And honesty is the key, you know, when you can be honest and open, that is, that's how you figure out what, what your needs are. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I do. I don't take it for granted, though, that, like, this is not a situation everyone could pull off or should pull off, you know depending on who the people involved are. So I do yeah, feel everyone. grateful. That every situation is, is different, and I'm glad you feel grateful because I feel grateful mm-hmm. for you. Thank you. Hooray. Hooray. Yeah, so it's, it'll be exciting. Um, now I'm just kind of excited to be single and not have to think about anyone else, so... Single and vaccinated and... Vaccinated fully as of Friday. Whoa. It's a whole new world out there, baby. Yeah. Single but not really ready to mingle. Oh my God, I'm (laughs) definitely not ready to mingle. I'm I'm like barely ready to have conversations with one person at a time. Yeah. I'm like... (laughs) I'm trying to think of a word that rhymes with mingle and and say like mingle... Single and ready to shingle. (laughs) Ready to... Tingle? <laughs> to jingle? Everything sounds sexual, except maybe shingle. It sounds like I'm going to get the shingles. <laughs> Single and ready to pringle? That sounds like a position. Actually, I, yeah, I sit around and eat fucking pringles all day. Sounds amazing. <laughs> I feel like there are several directions we could go with that. Anyway, listeners, if you have suggestions of what we can do while single that are not mingling, (laughs) um, 
please feel free to let us know. In the meantime, we're going to quit while we're at it. I think that's a good idea. It's snowing here, so... We'll see you very much. We'll we'll see you very much soon. We'll see you soon. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you soon very much. (laughs) Please subscribe to our weird ass podcast and uh, please give us five stars if you feel like we deserve them or not. Or just because you feel bad for us. (laughs) Or or if you feel good for us, you know, or anywhere in between. Any if you have any kind of feeling whatsoever after you're done listening, please subscribe, rate, and um share us with everyone you know, you know, no big deal. Every day. And on on every other Wednesday, what the folk Wednesday will handsomely reward you with more quality content. <laughs> Such as this. <laughs> and uh, and more amazing guests like the Reformed Whores, who we were absolutely hashtag blessed to have uh, on the pod yeah. having great yes. conversation. So here's to more they of were, that. Yeah, they were wonderful. They were lovely. I would look forward to having them on again. I was about to make a joke that, like, maybe we'll be the first Patreon where people pay us not to make content. <laughs> <laughs> like, please, no. <laughs> that would be a fun challenge. <laughs> like, we could have one episode where it's just me taking bone rips into the microphone. <laughs> They'll be like, good Lord, we need to give these girls money just so they'll, they are barely, barely capable of feeding themselves. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We've got music, I'm sure. (laughs) Have fun, everyone. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. This next song is for you.
that I found. <laughs> Goes down real smooth. So I guess um, uh, no need to call me back. I'll just I'll see you when you get home. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'll just see you later. Okay. Bye. and Joy Damiani. Our guests on this episode have been Katie Frame and Marie Cecile Anderson, otherwise known as musical comedy duo Reformed Horrors. You can find them at reformedhorrors.com. You can find us at whatthefolkpod.com, and we hope you'll join us next time as we continue to find out what the folk are doing out there. Happy apocalypse to ya!